It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Hey, Shri, I just booked my flight to the upcoming Grocery Shop Conference, September 19th to the 22nd in Las Vegas. That is awesome, Peter. But if you're not already registered, easy to find out where they are and check them out at www.groceryshop.com. It's a great CPG grocery event, Peter, as you, you and I have been there in previous years. Over 100 speakers signed up, Amazon, Sam's Club, DoorDash, Unilever, Whole Foods, a whole bunch of others. As we all know, COVID-19 massively accelerated transformation in the CPG space, so it will be really interesting to hear from these innovative companies. One other great thing, Peter, about events like this in our industry is it offers tons of networking opportunities on-site as well with brands, retailers, and service providers. Should be a good time. And Mr. Peter himself will be there with our other Fresh Four co-hosts, Melissa and Andrea. So do come hang out. You can learn more about Grocery Shop by visiting the site www.groceryshop.com. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, 
in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the CPG Guys podcast. I'm Sri, one of your aforementioned hosts of the CPG Guys. My areas of expertise are branding, retail sales, P&Ls, retail media, and marketplaces. My host, Mr. PVSP or Peter Bond himself, his domains are on loyalty, CRM, retail, customer data, insights, and his favorite topic, digital shelf content. I will welcome him, irrespective of the fact that he couldn't make it on the show today. Mr. Bond, wherever you are, hope all is well and life is as awesome as we want it to be. I would have asked you because very cleverly planted me a question, what are the Dodgers all-source picks? But the Yankees at three, so I'll proudly boast about those. So before we get to our guest, I want to remind all our audience that our content, including a series of profitability, a women's leadership series, our ongoing weekly show, you can find it easily by going to cpgguys.com. We also now do a fresh for every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. You find the four hot newsworthy articles in the CPG industry coming to you in presentation with retailwit.com and Brian Higdon. And that's done in addition with Melissa and Andrea, two of our friends from the industry. Uh, one way you can join this growing family of this podcast is simply by going to LinkedIn. On the search bar, simply type CPG guys and then hit the blue plus button that shows up, which is follow. Our audience has now grown to over 6,500 organic listeners of the podcast. We thank you for that. And we hope you'll continue to support us and be part of this growing platform. You know, when it comes to data, our audience knows that one of the most important, I want to say commodity, yet I want to call it an asset available in the CPG industry is data sets, whether they be 1P, 2P, 3P. We've coined all these terms at the end of the day. It's about the consumer. It's about performance data. And what one does with it is the actual game changer. And when you can drive scaled analyzing data and make nimble decisions, you become a leader at whatever you choose to do in the industry. Because when you back a decision with data, you rarely get it wrong. And to my knowledge, that is done with artificial intelligence. We therefore declared we'd launch a two-part series in partnership with the team at Absolute Data, whose goal is to transform how the world makes decisions. By building AI-based scalable solutions, their clients compete at a much higher level and see the results in their top and bottom line. This, of course, is the second episode of this series discussing what they have done with Danone. So our guest on the second part of this series with Absolute Data is Anil Kohl. Their CEO was there on the first episode as well. And Suresh Kanapati, VP of Enterprise Analytics from Danone. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you both today? Great. Uh, thank you, Shri, for that uh, great introduction. And uh, I'm very glad to join this forum and be with Anil on this forum and talking to you today live. Um, looking forward to a great conversation today. Thanks from my side as well, uh, Shri. Happy to be back for the second episode. And hopefully we'll have as much fun as we had on the first episode. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, Anil. I remember the first episode distinctly. So the goal is to have as much fun. But before we actually start having a discussion here with Suresh and you, could you remind our multitasking audience, what's the best way if someone wants to follow up and get in touch with Absolute Data to get connected with all of you? Yeah, the best way to reach us is uh, reach out to uh, Sudeep Haldar, who is our, um, who heads our AI uh, analytics business. And you can find him on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also uh, 
quite connected directly through our website, www.appsuitedata.com. Uh, lots of ways to reach out to us. And of course, for all our listeners, you can find all of this data and content on how you can get in touch with Absolute Data on the podcast liner notes, which are just a click away from you actually uh, getting to. And then, Anil, if I may ask you to give us a brief overview of Absolute Data's business as well, make sure I did just justice. Sure, Shri. As you mentioned, you know, the goal of the company uh, since we started has been about how do we use data to help our clients transform how they make decisions. Uh, and that, of course, involves typically analytics, AI, machine learning these days, uh, and building tools that can create sustainable, scalable impact uh, in decision-making at our clients. Uh, so that's kind of our business. And that, of course, means you know, uh, providing any infrastructure from a technology perspective that is needed to make those things happen. Uh, that also then involves uh, building models involves building tools, involves, you know, uh, figuring out, understanding the business context of particular decisions that are being made, and then uh, pulling all of that together in a, in a way where the decision makers don't have to really work hard to be able to get the information that they need or the recommendations that they need to making decisions. So that's essentially what our business is. Of course, it uh, translates into different ways as we engage with our customers uh, but the core of what we do hasn't changed, I would say, for the last 20 years and continues to uh, go in that direction. Sure. Thank you for that introduction. And for audience, I want to remind them that episode one ran on July 3rd, where Anil actually pretty eloquently decomposed what machine level language is for the CPG industry, as well as how artificial intelligence is actually relevant and in your lives every day in our industry. So let's get going. And let's jump right into it. But let me start with Suresh first. Suresh, I'd love to learn VP of Enterprise Analytics at Danone. What does that mean? And then what are your personal priorities day to day for Danone? And then how does that intersect with at the Absolute Data team? Yeah, so um, briefly talking about my role um, in terms of what I do on a day-to-day basis and what all it kind of uh, covers, um, uh, as the title names, like it is enterprise. So enterprise means that we are looking across multiple business units, across multiple categories. Uh, so Denon, for uh, people who need to be aware of this conversation, is that in 2017 decided to acquire White Wave Foods in the U.S., um, and that kind of substantially put it on the global map because before uh, before that, Denon was only in the yogurt business in the U.S. With the acquisition of White Wave, we got into uh, competing in the plant-based segment. We were going into premium dairy, which is our Horizon organic portfolio. And we kind of went into coffee creamers and Vega business and a couple of other businesses, uh, uh, which made it uh, work into multiple categories across the portfolio. So it came along with that challenge of multiple BUs and multiple categories was uh, how do you define one version of the truth in the organization? And that led to this whole conversation about creation of an enterprise-wide strategy organization, which we call enterprise strategy and transformation organization now. Um, and in that, uh, where I kind of you know uh, sit and I work on a day-to-day basis, trying to bring that one version of the truth across the multiple BUs. So on a day-to-day basis, what I deal with is basically bringing forward the business intelligence for the organization right across the multiple BUs, across the different categories that we compete in. We have different competition playing at different BUs. Uh, so what are, what are they doing? How are they playing? And what are their tactics in the marketplace? 
Along with that, we also kind of look at it from a sales perspective because we have multiple customers that we are dealing with, multiple channels. How do we kind of you know bring that data and that information and kind of translate that and make it you know accessible to the organization in a very simplified and a most comprehensive manner? And then last but not the least, the world of media. The world of media has exploded on us in the last kind of a decade and how to deal with that because there is a one version of the truth that we need on the media side because everything seems to be in the uh, so-called the, the, the kind of the territory of uh, people or, or, or organizations, which are uh, we call like, you know, who cannot share a lot of this information coming back to us. So how do we deal with those challenges uh, and and compete against those walled gardens that we have from the Amazons of the world and the the Googles of the world, and truly kind of represent media investments with the ROIs that we can really kind of define. Our investments over the period of time has really grown into the social space, and with that social space growing and with these kind of dominant players really kind of you know taking on most of that revenue. How do we make sure that we have a real-time measure that we can kind of bring back to the organization and say that our social assets are really working, our defined audiences are really working, and uh, our defined uh, tribes that we go after are also performing? And what's working, what's not working, those kind of details that we get into. So that's, in a nutshell, is kind of my day-to-day profile at a strategy level. Um, It is all about managing the portfolio. We have a numerous amounts of brands given the amount of uh, categories that we deal in. So as a result of that, there is always uh, a tension in the organization about prioritization of where do you go and where do you spend the money and where do you kind of make the right choice of spending it at the right level. So that that is a big part of my job to ensure that the organization is kind of really going down in the right path with a portfolio optimization outlook and making those decisions on a day-to-day basis and from a, both from a short-term and from a long-term perspective. You know, Suresh, to me, that's the definition of a fun job. Not an easy, <laughs> one. Not an easy one. You got an unpopular job if you're the single version of the truth because, you know, I just came off a conversation with your peer and uh, for what I do in my day job, numbers matter every single day, every yeah. single hour, every single yeah. Sunday night as we look at shared things of that nature. Yeah. But the audience also knows media is my favorite pet topic. I'm going to refrain today from getting into the weeds with media because that could be three episodes on its own. <laughs> today it's all about MLL, AI, absolute data, and I want to make sure we can touch those subjects. So um, Anil, I'll jump to you. You next. Actually, Suresh, I, I want to go back to something with you on that. How does your everyday role with everything you describe as the single version of the truth captain intersect with absolute data? So um, we got on this journey with absolute data. I think I joined in 2017 and uh, I kind kind of brought absolute data uh, because of my previous experience at Mondelez. We used to work very uh, closely with absolute data there as well. So in 2018, we started off this journey, and uh, this was precisely the challenge that was given to me, is to create that one version of the truth. And as we were kind of scoping out how that one version of the truth needs to be brought into the organization, there were three challenges that were facing us. One is that you have a humongous amount of uh, brands and categories that we need to kind of uh, put them on the same level playing field. The second part of that equation was that uh, there were multiple channels and multiple customers that you need to bring them on the same level playing field as well. 
because uh, your retail data that you get from typically the IRI and the Nielsen's of the world today are kind of talking to a certain set of universe. And then you have the natural channel, which is kind of sitting in a different bucket. And then you have a different bucket called e-com that you have to deal with, which is completely a different set of data. So how do you make sure you normalize the level playing field across all these data assets and bring them on the same level playing field so that you can start kind of manipulating and start curating this data to kind of arrive at some implication, some sort of an implication, because all these channels are equally important. And then third came the third piece of it, which is uh, the most important piece, is that uh, once you have all this data in front of you, what do you do with it? How do you curate this data so that it is uh, right from the top who's who are our CEOs and our, our senior VPs who are kind of you know looking at this information and they want to have the most distilled information in the most simplest format because they want to have every kind of insight kind of also embedded at the same time all the way down to the brand manager or the ABMs who are working with all this kind of you know skew level set of data who are making decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. That's where ADT came into the picture where we worked with them and we mapped out an end-to-end -end kind of an integration strategy plan, uh, working with uh, you know, AWS services, working with the Power BIs and the, the Tableaus of the world, um, you know, ADT came to our rescue to really kind of help us not only architect that whole solution, but also put that to action. One is about the architecture of you can find the solution and you can conceptually say these things can happen to you but really sitting it down and writing the taxonomy and really kind of going into the into the weeds of it and making it happen and bringing it out visually that is appealing to people who would like to kind of go into those reports and really kind of read those reports and the implications of those is a tough task. And that's the journey that we have been with ADT on. And uh, uh, thankfully, we have had people on site with them and uh, they have been helping us on a day-to-day -day basis to kind of get to the final solution. So that's been the journey. Thank you for that. So, Anil, did I hear a new acronym for y'all, ABD? But before we get into acronyms, I'd love for you to answer a question wearing the lens of some of your clients or AKA brands. At the end of the day, you work with a ton of brands. Um, how does what you do deliver value for a particular brand with a given need state? How do they connect it to ROI? And then I'm going to ask Suresh the, a very similar question as well. Great. Yeah, by the way, that uh, I think is an excellent question because I think, you know, when we work with data, when we work with analytics, one of the things that I've noticed many times that gets lost is what is really going to change because of what we're doing. You know, uh, um, there have been times, I'm sure, uh, with us and happens in other places where we get excited. Until to that point, Anil, I feel like we, we talked a little bit about one version of the truth. If you're going to put one version of the truth, you need to take away the other seven versions of the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, that's never an easy thing to accomplish. I can tell you that. It's it's a lot of hard work that goes into that. Uh, but at the same time, the moment you are able to pull all of that together, the whole focus becomes on, you know, what is going to change in terms of decision making because of the data, the one version of the truth and the information that we're bringing to the organization. And that is what we use as the core measure to figure out, have we delivered value or not? Right. So if you were a brand manager, uh, you know, think of it like an A-B test, right? which is the decision, what is the decision that you would have made if we had not been working with you versus the decision that you made working with us and what's the incremental impact of that? 
And that is where the focus goes. In fact, you know, most of the time when we start working with our clients, the first question uh, they ask us is, I have all this data. Can you tell me what can I do about it? And, you know, my response there is actually slightly different, which is I think you're asking the wrong question. You know, I can do a lot with this data, but I need to know what is three or four big things that can change outcomes for your company. I'm going to work from that and go back and figure out how can I help you with that? And that's a philosophy, an approach that we've you know used as we work with our clients, as, as we work with uh, Suresh and Danone, and of course, with our other brands as well. And, and that is where the big thing happens, because particularly in any organization, you will usually find three or four decisions that can create board level impact. Let's pick those decisions. We will worry about data in a little while. Let's figure out how can we change them, go back, connect to the data, connect to what analytics are required, and then let's start working on it. Well said indeed. And Suresh, I want to now flip the same similar question, similar vein over to you, which is ROI, because when you choose to do a partnership or, or try to get to single version of the truth, you try to build a data warehouse, data mark, call you call it what you may these days, you're co collecting and aggregating large pieces of data. You spoke of media in addition to the retail and the selling side of the ecosystem as well. It's capital investments at the end of the day. So I'd love to know why you chose absolute data over others and how that ROI is seen in your lens and measured every day for all the investments you are making. So... <laughs> So as I said, like uh, in the very beginning, um, um, the selection of the ADT to me came in naturally because of my previous experience. And it it is not like uh, you know we are only working with ADT at the same time. So there are there are different kind of. So me, Suresh, what I what I interpret that is, and I want to make sure I interpret that accurately is you work in the snacking side of the fence with Mandalas. Yeah. Then you came over more into the yogurt side of the fence. Of course, they're known as multiple subcategories. In addition to that, you're finding that your experience with ABD actually is transcending multiple categories. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And that was one of the reasons why we initially brought them into the process. And we were we were truly testing the waters in terms of uh, given the multiple categories that we were kind of expanding into, whether like ADT will kind of really step up and they will be able to deliver it beyond the snacking part of the portfolio because yogurt typically tends to be in the snacking area, whereas dairy, when it comes to plant-based beverages and all, it kind of tends to go beyond snacking, yeah, because it's a more of a habitual kind of a breakfast kind of an area in which you are competing. Um, so, but however, they they like you know we we got that uh, uh, correlation going with the teams and uh, we were able to kind of uh, articulate that. Uh, very clearly, and they were able to respond back with the, with those initial kind of stages of responses that we were expecting. So we went on a journey, and it was a kind of a building block every day that we were putting, uh, uh, you know, one on top of each other in order to kind of deliver uh, those uh, end end goals. But in terms of the key question that I want to answer, which is very interesting in here, is how do you measure ROI? So there are two ways in which we measure ROI within the organization. One is, of course, the business way of looking at it, where we kind of look at MTAs and uh, marketing mixes and all that kind of stuff. And we see that whether our investments are coming through or not. But the key part of that ROI for an analytics function is that uh, you know, what are the kind of decisions that are being made? Are we kind of called into those meetings? Are we kind of called into the, the stakeholder meetings where keys, the, keys, key decisions are being made? 
and I can tell you, like, uh, there's a night and day in terms of where we see the analytics organization in the past, like, couple of years. And given all the work that has happened behind the scenes, uh, there is a there is a, what we call internally in the organization something called the brain trust, uh, and we are called the brain trust of the organization. Is that uh, you know, as you said, my job is not an easy job uh, with market share numbers going up and down, and like you know, who's the, whom are you beating, and whom are whom who's being beaten by you, and who's overtaking you, and all that. Those kind of numbers on a weekly basis they come in and they create a chaos in your life. But the reality of the situation is that you also enjoy that moment because you are kind of in the center of that Q&A where the CEO of the organization, the CFO of the organization, the CMO of the organizations are all kind of looking at you for those answers. And when we are able to kind of deliver that answer in a, in a, in a very concise and in a very simplistic manner that people can understand along with the drivers of it, that's what the real kind of the 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 the, the solution based uh, analytic kind of you know uh, what the word is like you know it kind of something that you you cannot explain the the amount of happiness that you get as a result of that and there have been situations where there have been some tough questions that have, have been in front of us where we have not been able to explain certain things and we have not been able to explain whether this is working or not working and that kind of takes us back to the learning board and it constantly brings us back to that challenge of what we are faced with today because there is not a very clear clarity on how to explain certain behaviors that are happening. COVID was a tough time. Uh, COVID last year, I think every CPG organization, although they were all booming on sales because everyone was sitting at home and having kind of making food, all the CPG organizations probably benefit from, benefited from it, which are kind of more dependent on the retail side and not so much on the convenience side. But it, there was, it was also a big challenge is that tell us what, where is this category going and what is going to happen next year, uh, you know, when we are going to lap this. And that was a big question that was ahead of us. And that's where I think uh, we were able to work very closely with ADT and, uh, and those kind of responses kind of came in very close. And that's defined the ROI for us in the organization. And then, of course, uh, you get the body language from your senior leadership that also tells you what the ROI is. So well said, body language, right? The hidden intangibles matter so much these days. But, you know, you talked about share a little bit right there. That's my life every single day. (laughs) You and I are going to be good friends, Suresh, because you have to report it out and you have to bring the corresponding industry insights. We sales guys and gals have to explain and get into the weeds and level what's really going on at the end of the day. So we automatically become amazing friends. (laughs) So, Anil, I'd love to now get to your lens, right? Mm-hmm. How did you get in touch? You know, obviously, Suresh has explained he's got a past history. How how did you in particular, Anil, the CEO, get to uh, be in touch with Danone? And what do you think was that key aha moment, that offering that you just had? It's not just MLL. It's not AI. It's not dashboards. It's not reporting. What was the mojo that you felt that Suresh said, let's do this versus somebody else from your lens? Yeah, you know, uh, I have been working with CPG industry for almost 20 years now and and have seen the evolution of analytics that's happened in the industry. You know, in the 90s, CPG used to be the industry that was way ahead of everybody else when it came to analytics, you know, sophistication of models, the data that we had, all of that was, you know, in really good place. However, after that, things changed. 
And rest of the industry, particularly the digital native companies that came in, really moved forward and, and the CPT industry kind of got left behind in, in some ways. Uh, what was exciting is that as Suresh, and, and as we had worked with Suresh in the past and we had you know, uh, interacted many times, uh, was Suresh's vision of you know, taking what has been happening in the CPG industry to the next level and in a way competing with the best in outside of CPG industry. So I think that those were the kind of things that have excited us. And of course, you know, uh, the challenges that come from creating the single version of truth, the challenges that come from, you know, the, I, I would call the hard challenges of, you know, how do you do it from a technology perspective? How do you map all this data? How do you create? And then the soft challenges, which I think tend to be handled, of course, more by Suresh and his team. But combining both of those and then, you, you know, seeing an opportunity to really transform an organization. I think those are the kind of things that got us really excited. And that's what gets me get up every day in the morning and get back to work because that you actually see that happening at different organizations, right? You see where, uh, as Suresh had mentioned, the seat on the table that you get. Uh, the, the the urgency that comes, by the way, as along with that, that we need this tomorrow morning because we have this big critical meeting coming in. I think those are the things. And that also excites the team that's working with with, uh, with Danone, for example. Right? So because those, the people who are in the weeds who are actually doing it, they can see that they are creating impact. They, they can see uh, uh, that how deep an understanding of the business they get themselves as they're trying to solve all the different problems. So that's what makes life interesting and exciting and the opportunity of working with Danone and of course, uh, is such an interesting uh, opportunity for us as well. I just want to add something to what Anil said and uh, it is something which is important. I think this is a, it's a very exciting time in, in analytics today. Um, you know, and of course, like, you know, we talk about data and uh, transformation and all that. I think where the marketing analytics has taken itself uh, to the next level is by talking about not just the one version of this truth, but also the one source of that truth. And what I mean by that one source of that truth is basically is to integrate across the multiple data assets that we have in the organization. So if you look at uh, data, like earlier, there used to be a time when marketing analytics never used to discuss supply as a data point. Yeah. Today, you have supply chain with uh, with capacity constraints directly talking to impact on market share. Uh, now, you can say that isn't that obvious because if you're out of stock, your market share, you lost the sale, and of course, it should reflect. Those conversations never used to happen. But now, the organization is monitoring this very closely on a day-to-day basis. Now, if you look at the commodity cost increases happening, you are directly linking it to the price. Now, obviously, we used to do that, but you, it used to be an after conversation, after we have seen the commodity prices go up in the marketplace. And now today, it is predictive analytics around that. Yeah, You are trying to predict what is happening in, across the world from a commodity perspective and saying that what your commodity is going to be eight months down the line. And hence, do I need to start kind of already thinking about a downsizing activity, which is going to eventually come and hit me. That is where analytics has gone. And I think with the benefit of that, uh, with, the, with the technology and with the benefit of the analytical mindset who have taken it to that level, I think, uh, you know, organizations like uh, ADT and, uh, and, uh, and manufacturers like us have been able to kind of collaborate and being able to kind of take it to the next level. And that's where like, it makes it very exciting for this relationship versus 
yeah, there is some reporting that is going on and I need to explain these reports. I think uh, we are operating at a, at a slightly a different level. When I see myself 10 years back, you know, what I was doing in analytics and what I'm doing today, those are completely a different ballgame. Um, and then, of course, you will say like, yeah, of course, you are talking about a decade, decade, your practices have to improve. But the, the competitive landscape has challenged us. The consumers have challenged us. And the overall environment of how we do business has challenged us as well. Gone are the days when we were just dealing in one set of media. Look at the set of media, the amount of information. And people want to know, like, you know, today you invested in an Instagram posting. You want to know exactly what happened with that and how much did you, how much conversion were you able to bring through? So that has forced us to think beyond real time, to bring the real-time analytics to actual action. So we used to talk about these things conceptually, but I think I'm living it now on a day-to-day basis on how these things are happening with ADT. You and I have uh, similar conversations in our day jobs. That's pretty clear. So, um, you know, Anil, you use the word transformation and Suresh, you talked about service. I want to give a Shri prediction and then I'm going to ask Anil for his. Um, Shri prediction, if one thing has connected pretty well in the industry over COVID, the CPG industry, that is, my prediction is go forward. No one is ever going to build a plan or a target goal without taking service into consideration. If, If that is one big learning, I think, all of us got over COVID yeah, yeah. with the volume spikes, many categories saw. And uh, I definitely see the industry as it goes into the following year, building a plan that where service and the ability to project service and forecast, including commodities, like you mentioned, becomes part of this ecosystem and there's a forecast for it. So Anil, what's your prediction? I know I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here, but what's your brave prediction for the CPG industry? Yeah, I think my, if I were to make a prediction is that the CPG industry of three to four years from now, particularly from how decision-making happens in the organization, is going to be very, very different from what it is today. You know, just because COVID and all the changes that happened because of COVID has really driven this whole uh, idea behind what how technology needs to be imbibed and put made part of everything that a CPG company does. I think that became a reality that became very clear to everyone in COVID. There were a lot of people talking about it before that and they wanted to do something. I think that to me is what is go- what is making and what's going to make CPG companies much more you know, quick at making decisions, more efficient at making decisions. And, and, and I'll share a quote with you that I shared with the, with the CEO of one of the uh, one of the large CPG companies, which was that, you know, when today, if you look at revenue per employee for a CPG company and you compare it to revenue per employee for a technology company, there is a huge gap. And my prediction is that gap is going to get narrowed quite a bit because technology is coming in, data is coming in, and you will see the difference in productivity that will create and the difference in uh, outcomes that will create in the next four or five years. You know, that's a big bold one, Anil, but I'm with you. Like, no matter what your function is in a CPG company, it doesn't matter what you do, what role. You could be in finance, selling, marketing, brand equity development, supply chain. If you don't embrace technology end to end, and I'm not talking, you know, raising your iPhone and saying I'm embracing technology is understanding data. Like, data is a very important piece of this, and you need a technology footprint to really get to the type of insights. So, really talking about 
the true use of MLL in everyday decision making? You know, are we too far from dynamic pricing for the consumer even at the shelf? These things are all technology at the end of the day. And sort of the revolution in the industry has really been, if you took a deeper dive, what really has changed in the industry in the last 15 or uh, 13 years since the invention of the iPhone is consumer behavior that has been shaped by the adoption of technology. That's what we all inherit at the end of the day. So very well said. So Suresh, I want to, you know, I spoke about the consumer a little bit here. I want you to wear that lens at this stage. This partnership with Absolute Data, what is it doing from a consumer perspective for you at Danone and for the team at Danone? Is it the data that you get, you're able to make better decisions, therefore you're putting a much more stronger, let's say efficient assortment on the shelf? Like how does this translate to the consumer? I think uh, at every level, uh, right from the product side, uh, which is kind of uh, leading to a better kind of decision making on, uh, you know, simply looking at things like, you know, the assortments, of course, like, you know, what changes are you making at the shelf? All the way to the fact that the amount of investments that we are doing with our retailer, uh, with our consumers in terms of communicating to them, uh, both from a segment perspective and from a tribe perspective, you know, one is at a broader level, the other one is a little more tactical at a ground level. It is, it is telling it in a, in a real time in terms of what's working, what's not working for us. Yeah? So where we need to make some changes, where we need to make our tweaks. Um, earlier, we used to talk about uh, overall communication in one lens. We are able to now break them down into creative assets versus media assets. Uh, so even if you, if you have the right content with the right creative, sometimes your media selection might be kind of off. As a result of that, things may not be uh, leading to right conversion. So depending on what you are trying to do, whether it is about generating awareness or consideration or conversion, uh, those tactics, are they really kind of working for you with the objective that you have kept in mind with the kind of media that you are kind of putting out there? So one piece is kind of getting tackled as a result of that because there's a big part of investment that is as an organization we are investing and we are putting that as an investment. So it is able to give us that uh, so we are able to tackle with the right consumers, but at the same time, the shoppers at the at the at the customer level, what are they looking at, and what kind of assortments are they going after? What kind of formats are they going after? During the COVID time, you you must be kind of more familiar than uh, like you know we equally are familiar in the CPG industry. What happened to the, the shopper choices at the customers? Yeah, people were going for larger formats, and people were trying to avoid the single serves, and they were going for much kind of uh, storage options that can kind of help them with the pantry loading and things like that, that has completely changed the dynamic of the shelves on in terms of what goes into production and what kind of uh, stays in stock versus out of stock and things like that. So those are some of the, the important kind of the leads that we are working with. And of course, from a product development perspective, it also gives us new ideas in terms of what kind of innovation, what kind of uh, you know frame of references that we need to look from an adjacencies. There might be ideas that might exist in the adjacencies world that we don't have to reinvent. And we can kind of bring those kind of, uh, you know, choices within our own categories. So it kind of touches across the all the piece of marketing, I would say, like the product, the placement and the and the pricing as well as the as the uh, communication piece of it. Uh, but I think uh, what we have been able to deliver as a result of that, and we have a lot more work to do, is precisely on those uh, all, those engagement levers that we have been able to elevate and we have been able to provide that to our consumers, uh, making sure that their, their demand is kind of taken care of. How about that, you get to gloat on the show when a client of yours, a large brand comes in and actually says, I get value across the four piece that doesn't have 
that doesn't happen every day. So congratulations to you as well as to you, Suresh, for what you execute every day with Absolute Data. So that leads me to kind of want to dig in a little bit, Anil, on what's next for Absolute Data. What is that roadmap? What are those interesting things with that consumer lens that you're planning for uh, Absolute Data? And early on the show, this episode, you spoke to digital transformation. And then obviously I would be shortchanging our listeners if I said the word digital and I didn't ask you about what role does Absolute Data play in just this whole consumer world of e-commerce in particular? Sure. Yeah, so I think, you know, um, as I shared about, you know, at Absolute Data, we have a pretty good sense of what we believe the world will look four to five years from now. So what we're doing is, uh, of course, sharing that perspective with our clients and then also working with them in helping them get there. So this involves, um, uh, you know, and, and this of course involves a lot of different things from you know, how the data has to be organized, how the data has to be transformed into decisions, how data has to be transformed into information. So there's a lot of different things that are going on in between. But the main focus is on how do you build that organization of the future? Like as you're going through your digital transformation, making sure that you are clear about where you're going, you're clear about how you will get there, as well as how do you do this without having to go in a route where, you know, I have to invest $10 million before I see anything. How do you, because it's like you're flying your plane while you're changing your tires and you're changing different parts, right? How do you do all of that? And I think that is the piece where technology, you know, we've, for example, built a lot of technology capabilities already within Absolute Data. We got acquired by Infogain, which is a technology services company. Again, with that goal of bringing the technology muscle, which is required for us to get and hit that, help our clients hit that vision from a consumer perspective, how they serve their consumer, how they find out what else needs to be done to serve the consumer, as well as how do they internally make uh, the whole organization effective and efficient in doing that. So that is that is a vision. Uh, I think we are pretty. We have made our bet, bets on that uh, quite uh, quite clearly, and I'm pretty excited about the way it is uh, turning out with our clients. Can't go wrong when you bet on the consumer for outcomes. And uh, just a reminder also for our listeners that Infogain acquired Absolute Data earlier, and we actually spoke to that in episode one, which ran on July third again. And we spoke at quite a length of detail on what that partnership means. And we also answered the question, I think it was Rohit, on why that particular um, acquisition by Infogain Absolute Data, of course, and how, the, how both of you are benefiting from that. And Suresh, I want to wrap it up by asking you, I think I'll shortchange again the listeners and your relationship with Absolute Data. If I don't ask you for, on the digital e-commerce and the omni-channel side of the fence, what is the partnership you have with Absolute Data? How are they enabling you to be successful on that side of the fence? On the on the digital side, on the e-commerce side, uh, I would say to begin with, uh, we we are still kind of exploring in terms of what exactly we want to do in that particular area. We have our own internal solutions that we have right now. We are working with those, and there is some clarity that needs to be kind of further be drawn out. So that is something that I would kind of path for a minute. I would just keep that aside. But on the digital side, we are continuing the whole transformation journey because we have uh, something internally within the organization where we are kind of talking about linking all these different data assets uh, in form of a data lake or whatever you want to call it. We call it the one source or, you know, you can call it data lake or whatever. Um, 
we are trying to kind of bring all those different assets together. On top of that, we also have all this customer data uh, that we are sitting on, which is like part of the first party, second party, third party data, as you kind of name it. Um, how do we kind of integrate that into this kind of a solution? And on top of that, we have close to about 30 plus streams of media data, which is kind of flowing in uh, through different asset bases. So given all of that, if you put together, there are almost like 70 plus data streams. What do you do with this? And how do we want to kind of integrate all these pieces? And what are the solutions that you bring out of that? You know, there are different solutions that you can bring as a result of that. And what kind of an ecosystem that we want to create uh, that will benefit the organization with different kind of functionalities and different kind of the levers that you can pull. So the supply chain wants to have a certain set of solution. Then the finance organization wants to have a certain set of solution. The marketing organization is obviously typically looking at all its solutions. And then you have the sales organization. That is the journey that we are right now going under, and which is where I think ADT will play a big role. And, uh, and we are you know, putting those kind of uh, puzzles together, as I call them the puzzles, because each of these puzzles are kind of individual in nature. And then there is a bigger story of the enterprise that needs to sit on all of this to say that what is that bigger ecosystem that, that kind of caters to the needs of the organization right across while managing the one version of the truth. So that's where we are in that journey from a digital kind of the transformation perspective. Uh, and e-com right now is kind of a little on the side. And the reason for that is because the last year experience that we had, and we were totally kind of unprepared to have that kind of an experience. We There is a whole kind of a, a regaming of the e-commerce kind of capability, which is going on in the organization, which I think uh, in the near future is going to get elevated. And that is something where, again, I definitely see that our partnership will go in that area and we'll kind of benefit from it as well. Awesome. I will sum this show up in just one sentence. When somebody says, look, I'm getting value across the four piece, you don't really need to decompose what that is and how deep it goes. But throughout this episode, we've already talked about many of those, but I think it's a testimonial to you, Anil, and your team that Suresh actually said that. So let me remind our audience that you can find all our content. You guys know where to go, cpgguys.com. And we do have a new Fresh Four series, which has been active now for quite a, quite a few months. Every Sunday, 8 p.m., we updated both on, yes, we have an Instagram channel, CPG Guys, easy to find, as well as on LinkedIn right here on our CPG Guys um, page. You can join our growing LinkedIn families by simply going to the search bar up top, typing CPG guys and hitting the blue follow button, but we'd love for you to also tell us how to continue to shape the show. Do that easily by simply dropping us a direct message. You can let the CPG guys know by going to cpgguys.com or simply by rating us on the Apple platform by going to, uh, by simply rating us by simply going to rate this podcast.com slash Apple CPG podcast. And tell us what you like or don't like about the show and who you'd like on the show because you shape it. We do what you tell us to do at the end of the day. Anil and Suresh, I want to thank you both for joining the CPG guys and speaking to the value proposition that Absolute Data brings to Danone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate the time. And thank you, Sri, for the opportunity. Really enjoy the conversation as well. Normally, I would thank Peter for being with me on the show. I know he couldn't join me today, but you know, you know, Peter, it's a pleasure doing this week, week over week with you. For our audience, we will catch you soon on another episode of the CPG Guys. Thank you. 
The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.